Today is uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday, and churches across our nation are praying for local crisis pregnancy centers and praying for us to honor life. And so today we participate in that. We are thankful for the ministry of Loving Arms here in our community. That's one of our missions, and so we're a part of that, and part of your offering goes to support this ministry. But it's important because we do want to honor the sanctity of life, and this ministry promotes that. It also promotes healing for people who've gone through the trauma of an abortion. All those things are available at the center. So it's a great place to steer someone to if they're dealing with any of those issues. As a part of this, I'd like for us to pray for them as well. Let's stand together and pray for loving arms. God, you created life, and we are thankful for that. You created each person and made them in your image. And God, we as people in your image come before you to worship you this morning, and we give thanks for life. And so we give thanks as well for Loving Arms Crisis Pregnancy Center and the staff who works hard there. We're thankful for each person who goes there for help, and we ask that you would bless all of that, that because of that ministry, life would be encouraged and God, be with them and guide them, but also guide our nation as we deal with this issue as well. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. You know, one of the things that we value, I think, over time, at least, is dependability in relationships. I mean, we like people who want to have fun and do things sort of spur the moment, in the moment, but we also really want, if we're talking about people that we're going to base our whole life on, people like parents, kids, spouses, friends, people at church, we want people we know will be there. We want people whose character is consistent. We want to find them dependable. And certainly the same is true in our relationship with God. And we know that God is dependable, that we can count on God. But the question that we're dealing with in this series is, what can we depend on God to do? Uh, we're calling this lean on me because we do lean on God. But, you know, we hear lots of things in the culture and in books and maybe even in some Christian books that claim things about God. But are they biblical? Are they what Scripture actually says God will do? And so we're examining several passages that help us understand just what God will do. And I think it's important for us to do that. Now, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is God's presence. We've talked about that already, that God's present with us. Another one is that God forgives. We talked about that last week. And today I want us to think about, well, how is God at work in our lives showing us the path? We all need guidance. Like we need guidance to get from point A to point B. Most of us anymore take out our phones. We put in the address we're going to, set it on the dashboard, and we go. We follow that. Now, the problem for me, as someone who is not great with directions sometimes, is like I just follow the blue line, so I can go the same place four, five, or ten times and still not know how to get there because I'm not paying any attention to where I turn. I'm just following the blue line. No landmarks, no road names. So there are times when I will force myself to put the phone up and navigate for myself until I get lost, and then I gotta pull the phone back out, right? We need directions in our lives. And there are times we really feel like we need direction from God because we may have decisions to make, right? We may have several options. Maybe there's just two, maybe there's a bunch, and we've gotta decide, what are we gonna do? 
Am I going to get married? Is this the person I'm going to marry? Is this the right time for kids? Am I going to change jobs? What's my major in college? Do I, do I need to seek out some new education? Is it time to retire? What are we going to do in retirement? All those things are questions that we need guidance for. So what is God's role in all of that? To get at that today, I'd like us to turn to a passage that we find in John 14. We'll get to it in just a minute. But in this passage, we're going to see what God says about the way that he guides. Now, today we're in the Gospel of John. Last Sunday we were in the letter called 1 John, both written by the same man, one of Jesus' disciples, one of the men who was with Jesus throughout his ministry, what was there, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, all that. He witnessed it all and he wrote that down in what we call the Gospel of John and then explained some things in the letter we call 1 John. And what we find is that the themes in these two works are really similar. They go together. John is writing about the same kinds of things. And one of the things that he deals with is, how does God lead us? Now, the passage we pick up on today is all found in the last meal that Jesus had with his disciples. And he records Jesus saying a lot of things at this meal. In fact, it goes on for several chapters. John was there. He heard it all. He was there as Jesus began by washing the feet of each one of those disciples, including Judas, who was about to betray him. Okay? John was there for that. He heard Jesus teaching and making promises to his disciples and charging them to obey him. And Jesus is pointing to the fact that a day is coming very, very soon when he is no longer going to be with, him, with them. And in fact, he says that more than once. But as a part of that, Jesus also makes a clear promise. In fact, five times at this table, Jesus promises his disciples, I am sending and here's where it gets difficult to translate, an advocate. It's the word paraclete in Greek. Some of you may have heard of that before. Sometimes translated advocate, counselor, comforter, helper, encouragement. If you go through the English translations, you'll find that the translators use various words for this one Greek word because it is very difficult to translate. It is filled with meaning, and in fact, Jesus fills it with further meaning, and to find one word that communicates that is virtually impossible. Now, advocate, it's what the NIV uses, is a pretty good translation, and it meant for the people who heard it, someone who would stand up with you in court and testify for you. Not your attorney, but someone who would testify to your character. This is the kind of person he is. This is the kind of person she is. And in some ways, the Spirit does that for us in, face, in the face of the accuser or Satan who's trying to condemn us. Okay? But the passage we look at today is the only place where Jesus, in some ways, most clearly identifies who this advocate, counselor, comforter, helper, encourager really is. And he points to God's Holy Spirit. Now, he's been talking about some things they need to obey, and so that's where we pick up John chapter 14, verse 25, he says this, All this I have spoken while still with you. So Jesus is referring back three years of teaching. I was with you through all of this. That's going to change in a matter of days. Verse 26, but the advocate, again, translated in lots of different ways, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
Now, none of the other four references to the Advocate talk about the Holy Spirit. Here, Jesus makes it clear. When He's sending this Advocate, this Counselor, He's talking about the Spirit of God. And that's where we begin to say, I'm not sure what to do with this. Now today, this morning, in just a few minutes, we're not going to explain away the Trinity and help you understand how God can be three in one because we really can't wrap our minds around that anyway, but that's the picture we get in Scripture. But here what we're seeing is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God is sending His Spirit. Just like each of us has a spirit, something within us that is not just the physical body but in, inspires our body, inhabits our body, God has a spirit and He's sending this spirit to be with us. Now that begins to make sense because Jesus in a physical body could be in one place at one time, completely limited by space and time. Jesus is going to ascend into heaven. And Jesus' disciples are charged with going to the ends of the earth to share the message of Jesus. And the fact that Jesus could now be with them through His Spirit, and that changes the game, right? Because He had to be right there with the twelve were surrounding Jesus throughout His ministry. Okay? He can speak to just a group in front of Him. Now Jesus' power and ministry and influence is extended through everyone who follows Him and then shares the message of Jesus in these places all over the Roman Empire. So this changes how Jesus relates to humanity through His Spirit. But the problem is, Christians have really struggled with how to understand the activity of the Spirit. And there's lots of disagreement about that. And because of the disagreement, sometimes I think we've sort of shied away and not talked about the Spirit's work in our lives. Does the Spirit work miracles through His people? That's one of the debates in Christian circles. Well, I think if we sort of set that to the side and say, what do we know for sure about God's Spirit? And this can really change the way we understand the Christian life because here's a promise that God says He's going to be with us. And what does He say about that? If we go back to the verse, He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Now remember, these guys have heard what Jesus said. But after Jesus dies, buried, resurrection, ascension. He's no longer with them. He's not there to teach them, to tell them what He said. They still don't have most of this. Now, they got the Old Testament, but none of the New Testament is written at that point. It would be decades before that came together. So there's no, hey, let's all turn to John chapter 3 and read verse 16, right? That's not there. It doesn't exist yet. So they've got to remember what Jesus said when they're going around talking about Jesus. And that's what Jesus says the Spirit's going to help them with. It's going to help them know what to say. Help them remember what Jesus said. And I think God's Spirit is still there today for us as well. As we go into the world to share the message of Jesus with the people around us, God's Spirit is just as active today as He was then. Helping us to know what to say, to know what to do, guiding us. And I think that's the message for us today. That God has work for us to do, and He's not just sort of said, hey, here's what I want you to do, hope you can figure it out. He said, here's what I want you to do, and here's how I'm going to help. And so the message to me from this passage 
is that God gives us what we need to follow Him. Now you notice he says, I'm going to help you with all things. That's a pretty expansive phrase, right? Remember all things. That you would know all things that you need to know. Well, it's good to hear that. Because sometimes we feel pretty limited. Like we look in our lives and say, man, I don't know if I can do this very well. I know I'm called to do it. I know I'm supposed to share the message of Jesus, but I'm really not sure how to do that. John says, Jesus has promised us that his spirit will help us in that. So if God gives us what we need to follow him, how does that work? I mean, I've heard people say, you know, I was at Walmart the other day and God provided just the right parking place for me, right? And we go, well, maybe he did and maybe he just got lucky, right? We're just not sure. It feels a little bit like that until maybe the story changes a little bit. And the guy telling the story is an older man on a walker who was trying to get to the pharmacy to get some medicine for his spouse who really needed it. And he can't walk from the other end of the parking lot. Would God guide in that moment? Well, maybe he would. I can't actually answer that question, but, but what I do know is that Jesus is saying that God, through his spirit, is actively engaged in my life and your life as followers of Jesus. And we might say, how do I access it? How do I know it? Well, sometimes, maybe we don't know till afterward. Has that ever happened to you? Like you're in the middle of something and you feel a little lost and, and maybe you pray about it. Maybe you forget to pray. But in the end, you see, wow, if God had not been leading in that, on my own, I would not have chosen the right thing. In fact, it might be that you can look back and see that you were praying about something and you really thought you knew what God needed to do and he didn't. And in the end, you go, man, God knew better. I sure am glad he didn't do what I wanted him to do because that would have really messed things up. But what I know is that that is often the way God works. That, that his spirit is at work and part of what we do is pray. Right? I mean, part of what it means for God's Spirit to be at work in us is that we have asked Him to do that. If God's Spirit is accessible to every one of us because we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we ought to be talking to God about this. We ought to be saying, God, here's where I am. Here's how I need your guidance. And sort of leave it up to Him to guide us in whatever way He wants to. You know, sometimes Leanne and I have said, God, we ask that you would open the right door and close the right door, right? We're not sure what should happen here, and, and we don't know if we can figure it out on our own. So, like, just show us by making some things impossible and showing what is still possible. And that may be the best way that we can understand how God works. But we're called to say to God, be at work. What we also know is that sometimes God works through His Word. And we believe that this book is inspired by God. Notice how similar the words spirit and inspired are. We're saying God's spirit was at work in the formation of this book. We believe that the people who wrote things down were given these words, not necessarily dictated, but given the message through the spirit of God. And that's why it's authoritative in our lives. So many times to see God's leading through his spirit what we need to do is study His Word. 
It's not always a mystical experience. And God oftentimes doesn't speak to us verbally. He speaks to us through His Word printed in the Bible. And what we need to know is if we think God is leading us to do something that this book tells us not to do, that's not God's leading. Because this always is authoritative in our lives. So, what do we do with this? What do we actually do with it? And I think what we as Christians need to do is to say, okay, when I don't know what to do, or I feel too weak to do what I know I'm supposed to do, I need to pray. I need to pray that God's Spirit would be at work in me and the people around me, that God would put the right people in my path so that I can do what He wants me to do. I need to read His Word so I know what He's called us to do. If this is inspired, it is God's message through His Spirit to us. So I need to study. And I need to be open. I need to be open for God to lead. Maybe Maybe there's a day God's going to speak to you and you're going to hear a voice and you're going to know it's Him. God usually doesn't work with me that way. But God does give me wisdom at times when I pay attention. And God does sometimes give us the right words to say to share the message of Jesus. And I begin to think, what would it look like if all of us gathered in this room who love God, love each other, love our community, what would it be like if we all actually prayed for God to lead us through His Spirit, to be the people that we're supposed to be in our community, in our work, in our family, among our friends? What kind of impact could we and the other Christians who surround us in other churches What kind of difference could we make in this community if we were all allowing God's Spirit to lead us? How many people would be drawn to Jesus Christ? How many acts of kindness and compassion in the name of Jesus would be performed? And if we really believed that God was leading us, what might actually change? Let's pray. God, we're thankful for your spirit and thankful you're at work in our lives. Sometimes we feel a little alone. And God, in those moments, we pray that you will show us your spirit at work in us. God, help us to depend on the promise that you are present and active in our lives through your spirit. Help us to pray about it. Help us to see you at work in your word and help us to know when you're leading us. Because sometimes we feel like we might miss it. God, make it obvious to us. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.